Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. Before we get into today's interview, I want to let you know about a project that I've been working on that I'm really excited to let you know about and an opportunity for you. This September 21st is going to be the beginning of the first ever Faith to Marketplace Leadership Summit. Now, I realize that not everyone who listens to this podcast is a Christian, but from the very beginning of this podcast, I talked about how my faith is foundational to what I do. Sometimes that comes through in the episodes, sometimes it doesn't, just depending on what we're talking about. But whatever you believe, I think it should be foundational to who you are. So if you want your faith to be the foundation of your leadership, I encourage you to go to faithtomarketplace.com and check out the great lineup of speakers and sign up to attend. It's going to be September September 21st through 29th, and I hope I'll see you there. Now, I'm going to get to a little bit more about our guest in just a second, but first, do you want to accelerate your leadership success? There's a way you can do that for free, and it's called the MindScan. This assessment is an inventory based on the Nobel-nominated Hartman Value Profile, and it measures your capacity to make value judgments concerning you and the world around you. Instead of simply understanding how you behave, it objectively measures why you behave the way you do. Align your thinking strengths with your leadership goals by applying to take the MindScan today. All you need to do is apply by emailing community at lifeasleadership.com. You'll get a unique link and the opportunity to review your results. Both the assessment and review call are totally free. If you want to understand the how and why of your decision making, in order to more quickly get the results you want, the MindScan can be your next step to success. Once again, community at lifeasleadership.com. Now, on to today's interview. Our guest today is widely recognized as an authority on digital marketing and has grown over 10,000 small businesses and a dozen Fortune 500 companies, including ADP, Ford, and AutoNation. He's managed over $400 million in advertising spend and in 2009 earned the prestigious title of Google Partner of the Year. He's returned to his entrepreneurial roots and founded Big Fish Results, Results Trained, and The Results Club to bring the same strategy, tactics, and resources normally reserved for larger enterprises to small businesses. He believes that by growing small businesses together, we can impact not just our local communities, but also the world. Here is Tony Guarnacho. Tony, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here tonight. So Tony, I like to start off every single interview with a few questions that help us to get to know you better as a leader and give us some insight for our own lives. Are you ready for these? Yeah, absolutely. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of a branded word for this, honestly, but the best one I could come up with so far is riding the wave. And so what I found was always a critical part in my life is to be prepared for when opportunity comes. And I find it comes in waves. And so some people are standing around, others people, other people are actually going to take that wave and ride it. And so that was, that's always been one of my secrets to, to growth 
and getting to the next level in my leadership is by being prepared. And when opportunity comes to take advantage of that one opportunity, because a lot of times there's a seminal moment and you have that choice, either take it or not. And when you take that opportunity with boldness, great things can happen. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? They're a visionary. They have to have vision. Because if you don't have a vision of where you want to go, others don't want to follow you. Uh, They're clear on what that vision is. So they have to have clarity. Clarity is very important if you're leading anyone. Uh, And then really, I would say you have to have passion. If you're not passionate about your vision and have clarity about it, it's going to be difficult for others to follow because a lot of times, just like in sales, it's a transference of feeling. So good leadership, you're transferring how you feel to the people that you lead. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? Kind of the way I think about this is, I think this applies to business, to marketing, to sales, to anything. But I think the basic fundamental question is, what value am I adding? Because anything you do in, in t- you know, especially in today's marketplace, it's a function of value. So are you adding value to your team? Are you serving them? Are you adding value to the marketplace as, a, as an organization? And even from your team's perspective, what value are they adding to the organization and why or why not? What can you do to enhance that, to improve it, to optimize it and change it? What is a book that you would recommend to leaders? This is an interesting one. One of my favorite books is called Lead Like Jesus. And uh, it's, I actually heard about it through my church, but it's a great leadership book in general. And it's, it's written by Ken Blanchard, who even in, uh, you, know, um, you know, secular companies, they use those books. So at the Fortune 500 level, a lot of people will read Maxwell, John Maxwell, Ken Blanchard. So those are fantastic books. Henry Cloud is fantastic as well, but I really like Lead Like Jesus. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? Yeah, so one of my, the book I have coming out is called Small Steps to Grow Profits. And the whole premise of, of, of the book is to take steps. And I apply that more to growing a business, but it could equally apply as growing a leader. And so what I always think about is what step am I taking each day to improve myself? Because the capacity of organization is going to be limited by me, by you as a leader. So to, to have others follow you, it's really a function of where, where you are in your development, like it or not. I mean, a lot of us hate that, we, but at the end of the day, we are where we're at as a, as a result of the decisions we've made in the past. So to lead, I think you have to improve yourself. And finally, we have our arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? I'm more of a why not because I think good leadership in general is about taking, you have to be bold. You can't be timid. And I think why is more of a paralysis type question where why not is, is more of an action oriented moving forward. Now that doesn't mean you do everything. You still want to question you and ask the question why, but I think looking first at why not opens up new opportunities. If you're blocking yourself out of the get go, you're never going to get anywhere. So I think always, I always err on the side of taking a step, and seeing what happens, and then adjusting as I go. So, Tony, we are here today to talk about leadership and what we can understand about being better leaders, what we need to do to be better leaders in order to help our businesses, our teams grow, in order to market ourselves better. And we're not just here to promote your book today, but since you brought that up in the questions we just talked about, your book that's coming out, Small Steps to Grow Profits, could you tell us a little bit about that to start off our conversation today? Absolutely, yeah. So that book is really about, it's a business book, but it's more of a a life lesson. Lesson book. So different things I've learned 
over my life's journey in business and marketing and leadership, going from literally homeless to running some of the top brands in the world, their digital marketing in less than five years. And it's also about resiliency, how to build resiliency in both your life and your business. And the way to do that is by taking small steps. So in that book, I tell my story that I just mentioned how I went from homeless to running top companies, but I also tell the story of my mother. So my mother also went through a pandemic, essentially like we have today. So back in the 1930s, in the late 30s, there was a polio epidemic. And so my mother, unfortunately, contracted that at just nine months old. And, and her goal was always to be able to walk. And so I tell her story in that book and how she went from, from literally not being able to walk, quarantined, not being around family. Uh, they had iron lungs back then, which are ventilators. So it's very similar to what we're going through today. And so her secret, because I asked her, how do you survive this? Literally 14 years where you're not able to even walk, associate with people. And really what she shared with me is, is, is a great leadership lesson is breaking things down so that they're manageable, not overwhelmed, not overwhelming, and taking small steps each day, which is why I mentioned that before when you asked the question, but that's really the key. And so when she was a child, they had her, the hospital had her learning how to uh, do pottery to work on her nervous system and, and strength, you know, taking a little bit uh, of walk each day, step-by-step, step, you know, learning to swim, which will help her muscles. And so I've taken those lessons and applied it to how I grew myself in business and in life. So as you mentioned earlier, this book is essentially a life lesson book. And you just mentioned the lesson your mother taught you of breaking things down. I want to get to your story a little bit in just a second. But before that, it's so important to be able to break things down when you're looking to whether it's lead or grow business, whatever else it is. It's important to break those things down to actionable steps. It can be overwhelming to do that. And it can be something that we shy away from because it seems like it is maybe too much work or it's too intimidating. But the truth is the reason you do that is to make things more manageable. Could you talk to leaders out there right now a little bit about the importance of breaking things down and maybe some recommendations you would give them to help it seem like something that they can actually do? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of funny. We we're chatting briefly before we jumped on here about music and how, you know, we both went to school for music, uh, at least briefly. And I remember when I was at my, uh, I was trying to learn, I was, I was a violinist, still am. And I was challenged with a very difficult piece. I was learning the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto, one of the best known pieces in the repertoire. And, you know, like anyone when they're young, you know, I was in my late teens uh, at the music school. I wanted to get to the great stuff. I wanted to get to the melody, and I would kind of brush through the more difficult pieces, frankly, because I was being lazy. And I learned a very valuable lesson from my, my teacher, who happened to be one of the top artists in the world, recorded for Sony, played Carnegie Hall, the whole bit. And really, the lesson that I use even to this day in business is what he taught me then, which was, you know, to, to slow down, to speed up. In other words, you have to break down the, the parts of the music and understand it and be able to play it slowly before you can speed up. And that same lesson applies to business. And, and that's in the context I take is by taking steps. So if you're familiar with the great books of business, one of the seminal books is, um, is by Jim Collins, Good to Great. And that book talks about creating a flywheel, creating momentum so you can grow your business faster and faster. What I found, though, is most businesses don't get to the point of having a flywheel. 
their flywheel is broken. And, and what I found and discovered working with some of the best companies in the world is that in order to get the momentum, you have to really have those steps broken into three areas. Number one, you need to know what steps to take. Number two, you need to know how to take those steps. And then number three, you have to actually take those steps, take action. Where most people get stuck or they, or they bypass is the what. They go right to the how. How do I do a podcast? How do I do SEO? How do I do, uh, you know, run a sales meeting, et cetera? Without first asking, what is my strategy? How many, you know, getting into their planning? Because those areas aren't sexy, but the best companies will focus on the what first. When I was working at the Fortune 500 level, we would literally have, you know, 30 tab spreadsheets, breaking everything down to the penny of how we're going to grow, where is it going to come from, all the questions you could could possibly imagine, and then contingencies. If this doesn't happen, what are we going to do? Most businesses, especially small businesses, they kind of wing it. And that's really the difference between, you know, kind of the great companies and, and, and small businesses. So let me ask you this. You just said that a lot of people jump to the how to. They see something out there. They say, how can I do that? Because I hear that it's important. But that might not be the best step. So what is that guidance to help people identify that first step, which is what steps do I even need to take? Yeah, that's a great question. So to start with the what, you want to really understand where you want to get to. So if it depends on what you're working on, but from a marketing perspective, a lot of businesses market because gee whiz, they want to grow, right? So, you know, first asking yourself the question, how much do you want to grow by and by when? And so if you look at, you know, to touch on planning, you know, one of the greatest um, momentous occasions in the history of the United States is, is getting to the moon, right? We just celebrated the anniversary this past year and, the fact is the Soviets were beating America, the United States at every part of the, the game, you know, to getting to the moon. The United States was way behind. And you ask yourself, well, why was that? We had great resources just like they did. We had great scientists, et cetera. And the problem was we didn't really have any specificity of what we wanted to accomplish. So there in, you know, in the sixties, Kennedy comes along and he says, here's what we want to accomplish. We want, we're going to uh, have the mission to the moon. We're going to get there by the end of the decade. And, and it gave them a very specific date, a plan. And then from there, with that leadership, all, all the pieces came into place. And they realized, you know, 21, or was it 23? I can't remember. 23 specific actions had to happen perfectly in order to get to the moon. But once that vision was articulated, which is the first step, then all the other parts came into place because then people, your mind automatically starts thinking, okay, how do I fill this gap? You know, it's always a gap. What I, what I call the results bridge. Here's where you are and here's where you want to be. That gap between is, the, is what has to be filled. When you first articulate that vision where you want to go, all of a sudden your mind works to fill in those gaps. And so that's what, that's what Kennedy brought, you know, to the table. And, and what the amazing thing is, is the vision actually out, outlasted him because of course sadly he was assassinated but the vision still went on and we accomplished that goal so tony we've just gone from talking about your mom and how she was able to address a difficulty in her life caused by polio by breaking things down and then you talked about how it's important for us to figure out what are those right steps to take what do we actually need to do so 
before that, I said I wanted to hear a little bit about your story because you've teased that a little bit, and I still want that to happen. So you said that you were homeless at one point, and within the next five years after that, you were recognized as the Google Partner of the Year. Could you tell us a little bit about your own growth and how that happened in your your personal development and in your business development and in your life? Sure, happy to. Uh, so I grew up in small business. My parents had a small Italian bakery. They were fantastic bakers. Unfortunately, there were certain things they didn't know. I find this all the time with, with especially small businesses. There's gaps. They don't know what they don't know. So sadly, that business failed. At 12 years old, we found ourselves without a home, uh, lost the car, the whole bit. And, and we all, the three of us, had to move into my oldest sister's basement. So that was the real struggle. We rebounded, and then I went to college. I, I studied, as we talked about, I studied music, but I also got a business degree. And I used that business degree, essentially looking back at myself and understanding kind of my own history, to redeem the past. So we started a second bakery with my parents. This time it was focused on cakes, and we were able to mail cakes anywhere in the country. And we could put a photo on it. So we, we, we could make a promotional product. We could use it as a gift, et cetera. And because of that, we won the best new product at the New York Incentive Show, and we ended up having celebrity clients. Uh, Jeffrey Lopez, Jay-Z, we worked with top enterprises like IBM. We mailed cakes to Microsoft. It was, it was an amazing time. Unfortunately, there was gaps in my knowledge as well, which is why I'm so big on growth. And the things that I didn't know, I didn't know, hurt me as well. So when I was just newly married, with a baby on the way, that business failed as well. And so here I am, homeless yet again, having to live in my second sister's basement and trying to rebound. During that time, I was fortunate to have learned uh, some search engine optimization. That's how I was able to promote my business. Uh, you know, and I used that as an opportunity to get into a small marketing agency. Now that marketing agency got acquired, ended up getting acquired by ADP. Because we are focused at, in automotive at the time, ADP had a whole division devoted solely to automotive. And so here I am, you know, in the midst of this gigantic company. And what's really um, interesting, and this goes back to riding the wave, there's certain moments where in your life where there's turning points and you have to be prepared for those opportunities. And so with a new acquisition, and we were a small company. We probably had no more than 120 people. The CEO of this Fortune 500 company, Gary Butler, comes into our small office to, to walk up us into the ADP family. And me, being savvy with SEO, said, hey, Gary, how come you're not appearing in the search results? You know, if I Google your name, you're nowhere to be found. And so that was really a turning point in my life because it piqued his interest and literally, he, he, very shortly after, he asked if I would be willing to run the digital marketing for the entire corporation. At the same time, which was really amazing, I had the opportunity to run the agency because there's also an internal agency within ADP for the automotive division. So simultaneously over that you know, 10-year span, I was running the automotive division, so working with Google directly, Ford Motor Company, General Motors, et cetera, and getting a lot of business consumer experience on the automotive side and lead generation. And then on the corporate side, I was running all the digital marketing for them as well, reporting right into the CMO. So it was an amazing time. And that's essentially 
how I got to where I was so quickly was I recognized an opportunity, speaking to the CEO of a, a Fortune 500 company, uh, identifying a problem, understanding how I could add value, and then capitalizing on that opportunity and, and adding value to, to the company. And I love the consistency in your story because both the idea of adding value and then riding the wave or being prepared for when opportunity comes are things that you mentioned in our intro questions. One of the things I'm wondering right now that I wanted to ask anyway, but this has provided a perfect direction for this particular conversation is how do you prepare yourself for when opportunity comes or how do you maybe uh, more to the point recognize when opportunity is in front of you? Yeah, it's a great question. What I like to think about is where are things going? You know, kind of like looking at the famous quote by Wayne Gretzky, you don't look to where the puck is, you look to where it's going. And so even on my earliest part of my career, when I was literally, you know, graduating from college in, you know, when I was 21, I remember saying, okay, what's going to happen in the future? Well, we're probably going to be more, at least in my thought process back then, more on the internet. Now that's obvious now. I was thinking, wow, Google or, or um, search engines are pretty cool. You know, I was learning about search engines way back then before Google even exa- existed. So I was already preparing that way. And I, the other thought I had was, I bet there's going to be something happening with data, like databases. Back then I knew databases. I, I learned Microsoft Access uh, in, in college. And I was like, wow, I, th- I think this will be something. I had no idea where it would take me and the, the doors would open. But just be having a kind of a sense of where things are going uh, is always helpful because that helps you on the preparation side. Now, how do you know when opportunity comes? It doesn't happen all the time. Like I said, it's like a wave. It comes in and you want to make sure you're riding that wave. And so, but how do you know that? Well, I think anytime you're in front of someone influential, you know, whether it's a media opportunity, whether it's someone that has influence or power or, or money, any time you're in front of someone like that, or, or even when I was on the corporate level, I remember I was speaking to, gosh, it must have been 20 Fortune 500 companies. And so anytime I had an opportunity to speak in front of people like that, I was ultra prepared. I knew all the questions. And so it's really looking out on the horizon, seeing when something pops up. And when something does pop up, being the one that's bold to raise their hands and say, I'll take that opportunity, making sure you're super prepared and you're, and you're watching the the, the trends. So essentially you have to, of course, like you just said, watch trends, but at some point you're going to have to take a risk. And so one of the things I think would be interesting to hear from you about is were there ever any directions that you maybe misread or risks that you took that didn't pan out like you expected? And if so, how did you pivot or reposition? Because sometimes people don't want to ever step out because they're afraid of them messing up. The truth is that's going to happen at some point, but you need to be able to always be pivoting in order to reposition yourself if something didn't work out as expected. Yeah, that's a fantastic question as well. Uh, So one of the core values I created within my company was the idea of stepping into the deep. So in other words, going into the unknown and not being fearful. And also along with that, not being afraid to fail. I think part of the problem that people have is they think failure is a bad thing. When in fact, if you work with top companies, especially the ones in Silicon Valley, the more progressive ones, they actually build failure as part of their, into their their culture and part of their process. So for instance, look at Google. They're always releasing products and then, you know, they're always in beta. And then if they find it doesn't get traction, they, they cancel the product. 
And so I think it starts with your mindset. If you have a mindset where failure is a bad thing, then you're not going to move forward. But if you have the mindset that, okay, I'm, I might mess up, but if I mess up, it's not a problem. Another opportunity will come and I can rebound. And I think that goes hand in hand with the idea of resilience. I think part of the resilience is not, is, is not quitting. Because when you, you know, it's like that old saying, you know, the fight isn't lost until you stop getting up. You know, if you keep getting and taking punches, but if you keep progressing forward, you're going to have victory in the end. And that and resilience, I think, of failure, all these things are kind of intermingled. But the idea of being a leader is really being passionate and bold and taking those risks that are calculated. It's not, that's the other thing, too, that I mentioned. It's not just a risk. It's a calculated risk. So I'm not saying just go out there and do you know anything willy-nilly. You want to plan out what you're going to do and what the ramifications are, pro or con, and then make a calculated risk. Speaking of plans, one of the things you're focusing on today is taking a lot of the things that larger enterprises are doing, and you're helping small businesses implement those, and you call this the democratization of marketing. Could you talk a little bit about why you're doing that and really what the result that you want to have for small businesses is? Yes, yes. And actually, what's interesting, too, is this whole idea of democratization of marketing really applies to businesses at every level. I remember being in a room with, gosh, there must have been a couple hundred of the top CMOs in the country. You know, companies like Hasbro and Dunkin' Donuts and Sun Microsystems, all the leaders. And we were at a conference. And the problems that that small business have are very similar to the problems that they're experiencing, even at the top level. So it's good to know we're not alone. But let me talk about what what is the democratization of marketing and let me also hit on the marketing revolution because that's really what's caused these challenges. So if you look back 40, 50 years, advertising and marketing was very simple. You place the ad in the newspaper, people read it, they like it, they come into your store and they buy something. Very simple. Then things got a little bit more complicated. You had broadcast media. So you had radio and then TV and now all of a sudden cable and things got more and more complicated, more fragmented, more places to advertise, and a lot more clutter. Then, all of a sudden, things got even more complicated, right? You had the internet. So all of a sudden, you have a directory that can organize all this stuff. You have Yahoo, was probably the most famous one. Then things got even more complicated, and you get the search engines coming out. And then you have Google. And so it's getting more and more complex. Then next stage, you have social media. Right, so now it's not just consuming content that others have written, you can actually create your own content. So the point now where, you know, content's instant. And today it's even more, the, the, the clutter is even more prevalent because you're not just competing for attention against your competitors, you're competing for attention, period. So nowadays you're competing against Disney and Netflix and Amazon and everybody else that's out there at the highest levels. Even music, I was thinking about this. You know, it used to be where you're competing with your local, you know, theater groups for attention. Now, all of a sudden, what's Broadway doing? They're putting their content online. You know, major national symphonies are putting their content on. So the stakes are just getting higher. So what does that all mean? Well, really, you can look at three fundamental, fundamental challenges that have come through this marketing revolution. Number one, fragmentation, like I, like I talked about uh, briefly, there's so many places you have to be, so many channels. So how do you pick which channel is correct? 
because there's literally thousands of them. Then the second hurdle is once you pick a channel, how do you actually stand out? Because there's so much clutter, so many other messages in that same channel. How do you possibly stand out? And then the third hurdle is technology. So you can get through the clutter, you get through the fragmentation, you still have to figure out the technology. And I don't care what company it is, the largest ones are still struggling with the same problem. And it's, it's so much more difficult for a small business because someone that has a small business is wearing all the hats. They can't be an expert in analytics and, and marketing and all these different challenges that are coming at them. So that's kind of where things have changed, the marketing revolution. And then the democratization is really about educating people how to understand where the core things they have to focus on. And what I did was I broke it down to just six steps because there's so much going on. If you just figure out these six steps, you're going to have success no matter which area you're marketing. So Tony, how do people get access to these six steps? Yeah, so great question. I'm going to be having those six steps uh, within my book, which is launching in September, but I didn't want people to have to wait that long. So I took some of the best elements that are in my book and I put them into a manifesto. So if anyone wants to download these different stories and these steps, you can go to smallstepsmanifesto.com and it's completely free. I don't have a form in front of it or anything like that. I just want people to understand the information there that's there and get value from it. That's really my idea is to help serve people because it's really sad. 70% of small businesses fail within 10 years. And so I want to get this information out to as many of them as possible and also help the bigger companies if they, if they want to um, look at that information as well. Awesome. And that's smallstepsmanifesto.com? Correct. Awesome. Well, Tony, before we go today, are there any final thoughts that you want to leave the listeners with, whether it's something that you want to reiterate from our conversation or something that we haven't had a chance to open up yet in our conversation? Yeah, I think at the end of the day, we are all at where we are today, like it or not, based on the decisions we make. And the way I think about those decisions, it's really a matter of how you're allocating three things, your time, your effort, and your money. So the way you prioritize those are really going to determine your future. And so that's why it's so important to understand what steps you have to take and, and then taking them in the right order because otherwise you're going to take, waste time, effort, and money. And so no matter what circumstance you're in, you know, it could be a challenge, but you can overcome virtually anything and get to where you want to be if you just kind of examine where you're spending that time, that effort, and the money. Well, Tony, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Where can people go to learn more about you and your work and get involved with the type of democratization of marketing that you want to see happen for small businesses today? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited uh, because I'm launching the, the Results Club. And so the Results Club is where I teach every single week on all these concepts. And I give access to people where they can literally ask any questions they want. So I'm going to teach certain subjects and then also have a question and answer so people get their answers covered in a variety of areas. Now, I focus on sales and marketing uh, and leadership, but also we'll have guests, really top-notch guests, experts in their field that can answer other questions, whether it be in you know leadership like we have here, other sales and marketing professionals, or either, uh, even other areas like legal, HR, et cetera. And so if you want to learn more about that, you can go to the resultsclub.org. All right, Tony, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Tony today. If you'd like to connect with him, make sure that you follow the links in the show notes below or at lifeasleadership.com slash 107. Now, let's go ahead and get you today's three key takeaways. The first one is this. Slow down 
to speed up. In other words, take the time to learn every part well so you can do each one more quickly. Slow down to speed up. The second key takeaway is when you don't have specificity in what you want to accomplish, you won't stay focused on your work. Essentially, when you know what gaps need to be filled, your mind will work to fill in those gaps. So even if you know what gaps need to be filled, does, for instance, your team know those gaps? And the final key takeaway is this. When opportunity arises, be prepared to step up and be courageous enough to take advantage of that opportunity. Now, in addition to going to the show notes to get in contact with Tony, you can go once again to lifeasleadership.com slash 107 to find a link to the Faith to Marketplace Leadership Summit, or you can simply go to faithtomarketplace.com. I hope to see you then, and I look forward to sharing with you again next week. Until then, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.